0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. When we hear the word Pentecost, we know this story, don't we? Pentecost, it's the day we all wear red. And y'all are great Episcopalians, by the way. It's the birthday of the church. It's when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples in the form of something like tongues of fire. Most of us can create that scene in our mind's eye. But Pentecost did not actually begin with the disciples. The Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, was actually celebrated by Jewish people seven weeks, or 50 days after Passover. And that's where the Greek-speaking Jews got the name Pentecost, which means 50 days. This was a pilgrimage feast when Jews from all over came to the temple in Jerusalem. It was originally a harvest festival, Celebrating the end of the grain harvest, by the presentation in the temple of the first fruits of this harvest, which was the wheat. And the celebration was actually outlined in the book of Exodus. You shall observe the festival of weeks, the first fruits of wheat harvest, and the festival of end gathering at the turn of the year. So this feast of weeks, or Pentecost, was also a time for Jews to recall what God had done for them as a people. The ancient Israelites arrived at Sinai about 50 days after Passover. So Pentecost also became the commemoration of God's giving God's covenant to Israel at Sinai. Now, in the book of Exodus, God's appearance at Sinai, if you remember, includes thunder and smoke, And the scripture scholar Raymond Brown wrote that one ancient writer describes angels taking what God said to Moses on this mountaintop and carrying out on tongues to the people on the plain below. For this morning's reading from the Acts of the Apostles clearly echoes this imagery from the Hebrew scriptures with its mighty wind and its tongues as of fire. So the story we hear this morning is actually a story of the renewal of God's covenant. God is once more, in a new way, calling a people to be God's own. The Pentecost isn't a new story, in fact. It's a continuation of God's covenant from the beginning of time all the way to us here today in this church. The Pentecost we hear about this morning in Acts, draws in people from all corners of the Roman Empire. A mixture of nationalities, people who speak all different languages, have all different cultural norms. And Peter proclaims as promised in the book of Joel, that God's spirit is finally poured out on all people, on all flesh at this Pentecost moment the Spirit of God knows no boundaries and cannot be contained by the disciples any longer, they began to proclaim from their spirit-drenched hearts this good news in such a way that everyone, this whole mix of people, can hear and understand the words in their own language. Now, we're told that everyone with an earshot can hear them but I wonder, do they really understand what it is they're hearing? Remember, there are two reactions to the disciples' proclamations. One group that hears is amazed and perplexed and asks, what does this mean? The other group sneers and says, these guys are drunk. What is our reaction today to this good news that has sometimes become so familiar to us that it doesn't take us by surprise anymore. Are we willing to hear it again, to hear it maybe in a new way? Are we willing to let the Holy Spirit blow through this place and ignite a new fire in us? Or are we going to be the skeptics who just cannot believe that God wants us to be God's very own people. That God wants us to bring God's ways of love and justice and mercy to everyone we encounter, even when it's hard, or even when it doesn't make sense to other people, or even when we have no idea where that might lead us. The disciples certainly did not know where this was all going to lead them. Jesus never left a blueprint or a map for their next steps in which to follow. Instead, Jesus left them this spirit and asked them to go into the world and spread that good news of God's love and faithfulness, however that might end out panning out. And isn't that what God asks of us, too? This is that spirit that the disciples encountered. And that same spirit will blow through this place if we let her. That is the spirit that hovered over the waters of creation and the paraclete that Jesus promises to send to his disciples. Now, we have a whole list of names for the Holy Spirit, but I think that word paraclete, strange as it may sound to our ears, is actually my favorite. It's a combination of the Greek words para, or alongside, and kletos, or to call. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will come alongside us. We may not know just how or where God might be leading us, but we have the promise that the Holy Spirit is walking side by side with us into this unknown future. And that brings us comfort and peace. And usually when we least expect it, that spirit promises to shake things up, to blow through this place like a violent wind. And this paraclete will come alongside us and remind us that we are in fact God's beloved people. And if we allow it to, that spirit will ignite in us a fire of God's love so intensely that we cannot help but to spread that love to others. And so, sisters and brothers, the day of Pentecost has come for us too. And can we dare to ask what this really means? Are we willing to open our hearts to God? Can we believe that the fire of God actually rests upon us and burns over us? Can we allow that spirit to speak through us a language that everyone can understand? A language of love and forgiveness, of mercy and justice, of hope and of promise. As God promised through the words of the prophet Joel so long ago, that spirit of God is poured out on all flesh, on all people. Now, in that first Pentecost so long ago, everyone, male and female, young and old, slave and free, were invited not only to share in God's blessing, but then they were expected to act on it, to dream and prophesy themselves. So too are we. Even ordinary people like you and me begin to see visions and dream dreams. The question is, what will our response be to such wonders? Will we sneer and call these things nonsense? Or will we allow ourselves to be amazed and dare to ask, what does this mean?